Hello, everyone, and welcome back to True Time. This week's case is about an extremely strange disappearance. This is the story of Bryce Laspisa. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to True Time. Welcome. My name is Avery. My name is Dylan. And we are all so excited to have you listening today. We are. So, we are currently pre-recording this episode. Yes, because we are... Getting ready to go on our cruise (laughs) currently, but by the time you're hearing this, we'll be coming back home. Yes. So, it'll have been a long week of exciting adventures fantastic times so you'll have to listen to next week's episode to hear all about everything that we did to get the scoop mm-hmm. yeah so we'll diverge <laughs> i was gonna say divulge i don't think that's not even the right diverge word. is kind of what that's i thought i was gonna say divulge word. But then that sounded so wrong. Is that even a word? No. I okay. Don't <laughs> I don't know what word I was thinking of, but then I started saying diverge, and I just knew <laughs> that was even more wrong. So Dive in? I don't know. Yeah. Keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no big words, big words today. No normal words either, I guess. It's so. okay. We all have our moments. Yeah. So uh, we'll give you the tea next week. The tea. <laughs> yeah, we'll... Definitely be very excited to share everything with you because I know just in this moment right now, we are so excited to experience everything we have coming up this next week. Yeah, I have ants in my pants. I can't sit still. Oh my gosh, (laughs) Dylan. (laughs) All right. So also, happy Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day. Will have been yesterday. So shout out to our dads. Whoop, whoop. Love you guys. Oh, you always, I always do mess that. It up. <laughs> I dads. Mean, dads. We will laugh at dads. Dads should make you laugh. So, Hopefully, unless you have a sad dad. <laughs> Anyways, but shout out to all the dads. We love our dads and we hope you guys had a good day celebrating and yeah. hanging out. Show them some love. Yep. But yeah, so also that means... For today, we'll be reunited with Kai. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's probably grown quite a bit since we last saw him. I know. In the moment that we're recording, I'm already like a little bit sad. (laughs) So when this episode comes out, just know I'll be very happy to be back with him. Oh, yeah. It's going to be weird being without him for a week. Yeah. Avery has some, uh, some issues with leaving Kai. I just, he's a baby (laughs) and I love him and we spend every minute of the day together. So yeah, I'm going to miss him. I know it's going to be so fun, but I'm really going to miss him. We'll have to FaceTime him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that'll be what's going on. We'll be flying back from Rome, coming home and being reunited with Kai. So definitely listen next week for all the details. Mm-hmm. But that's about everything that's going on right now. Yeah, that's that's all. Ready to move into the story? I'm ready. 
Nice. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have any of you felt like you've been struggling lately? Maybe you've been having trouble sleeping, difficulty with your career path, or you're trying to figure out your identity and who you truly want to be. In my experience, I've faced all of these struggles over the past year. After graduating college, my life completely changed. I moved to Germany, I got married, I started a new job, and during all of it, I also started this podcast with Dylan. After my life being so consistent for four years, all of those changes caused me to question every aspect of myself and what I wanted to do with my life. One of the best ways I've been able to overcome my struggles was to talk about it. If you feel ready to talk to a therapist, BetterHelp is an amazing solution. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp has over 20,000 therapists with a broad range of expertise, which allows you to find a therapist that truly fits your needs. This gives you the best experience since it will provide you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. BetterHelp has given a special offer to True Time listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash truetime. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash truetime. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. So our case this week happened on August 30th, 2013, near Castaic Lake in California. Before we can get into what happened that day, we'll need to take a look back. Bryce Laspisa was a young, talented artist majoring in graphic and industrial design at Sierra College, which is in Rockland, California. Bryce was an only child and he had lived his whole life in Illinois until after he graduated from high school. Bryce and his parents all decided it was time for a fresh start, so they made the move to California in the summer of 2012. The family was extremely close, and they all loved spending time together. Bryce's parents, named Karen and Michael Laspisa, moved to Laguna Niguel, which is more Southern California, and Bryce headed up north 465 miles to Sierra College for his freshman year. Bryce had a very outgoing and charismatic personality, according to Medium.com, so during his first year of college, he had no problems making a lot of friends, and he excelled academically as well, adding talented pieces of work to his portfolio. He also began dating a girl named Kim Sly as well. At the end of the year, he returned home to spend the summer with his family, but he didn't waste any time trying to get ahead. During the summer, Bryce took an English course at a local college to earn some extra credits to get ahead on his degree so he could graduate early. Everything seemed happy and normal that summer to Bryce's parents. Then, at the end of August, 19-year-old Bryce made the trip north to Rockland to start his sophomore year of college. 
His first semester started on August 26, 2013, and according to Medium.com, he went to a speech class and a web design class that day. Afterwards, he called his mom to let her know he had a good first day of class and was excited for the rest of the semester. Karen was happy for Bryce, since it sounded like he was happy and was going to be successful in his classes. However, what Bryce's mother Karen heard on the phone and what was actually happening in Bryce's life were completely opposite. Bryce's friends and his girlfriend at college were becoming extremely worried about him by the day because something had changed. That's what I was going to say, is that, I don't know, whenever you move off to college, you always put on a front for your parents, it feels like. Yeah. Even if you are doing, like, good, like, quotations, I don't know, you never give them all the information that they actually are asking for, and you you hide a lot. Yeah. I was going to say that sounded a little too good to be true. Mm-hmm. So when Bryce had come back for his sophomore year, he started drinking heavily. He was drinking huge amounts of liquor daily, and it was only getting worse. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. By the time classes started, Bryce's girlfriend was really concerned by his behavior, and when he was acting extremely strange, she pushed him to tell her what he had taken. He tried to just brush her off and act like there was nothing wrong, but Kim was persistent. Finally, Bryce opened up and told her along with his drinking, he had taken Vyvanse. Oh, no. So Vyvanse is a medication commonly used to help individuals with ADHD, so it is a stimulant that increases one's attention. However, it is also misused and taken illegally by individuals who were not prescribed it. Individuals will take it to stay up late or be able to become extremely hyper-focused and energized since it is an amphetamine. Yeah, like most people before finals. (laughs) Yeah, it's very common in college. Yeah. Bryce had taken it to stay up all night playing video games with his friends. Oh, gosh. Kim was really upset knowing that Bryce was mixing substances that could have an extremely bad impact on his health, but Kim's concern only annoyed Bryce. He ended up later texting Kim to tell her she would be better off without him. Kim was confused by what he meant, but he clarified he was breaking up with her, according to Medium.com. Yeah, I think most people in that headspace just don't want to be told what to do. No, they don't want anybody to have any type of concern or care. Yeah, because they don't care themselves. Mm -hmm. Bryce's odd and erratic behavior didn't stop after that. According to allthatsinteresting.com, Bryce sent a text that day to his roommate and best friend at school named Sean saying, quote, I love you, bro, seriously. You are the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul, end quote. He then gave Sean his Xbox and a pair of diamond earrings that his mother had given him as a gift. Those are like the exact signs that they tell you to look out for for someone who's going to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've had to do a bunch of classes for that. Yeah. Because of like my job. Cutting ties with people and then giving away personal possessions that are valued. Yeah. That's so scary. Mm Mm-hmm. Shortly after, Sean called Bryce's mom, Karen, to tell her that something wasn't right. However, late that night at around 11 p.m., Karen got a call from Bryce himself. Bryce was calling from Kim's apartment. Despite breaking up with her earlier in the day, Bryce had gone over to her apartment, but once again, Kim was worried 
by his behavior and ended up taking his car keys and told him to just sleep off whatever he had going on and leave in the morning. Bryce had gotten frustrated and called his mom so that she could talk to Kim and convince her to give him his keys back. During that call, Karen was able to convince Kim to give back the keys. Uh. She also offered to Bryce that she would book a flight to come visit him, but he told her not to make any plans until he could call her the next day because he said, quote, I have a lot to talk to you about, end quote. Karen just told him to go home and get some sleep. Bryce took back his keys to his 2003 Toyota Highlander and left at around 11.30 p.m. The next morning, Karen and Michael received a strange notification from their insurance company that one of their cars had received roadside assistance. They immediately tried to call Bryce to figure out what was wrong, but he didn't answer any of their calls. They then decided to contact Bryce's roommate, Sean, to see if he had any idea about what was going on, but he told them something no parent ever wants to hear. He told them Bryce had never come home last night. Even more worried, Michael was able to go online and figure out through the roadside request that at 9 a.m., a small auto shop in Button Willow, California, had responded. Button Willow was 350 miles south from Rockland. Oh my gosh. His parents realized this meant he had been driving through the night. They continued to try and call him, but they never got through. Finally, Michael was able to call the auto shop and got in touch with a man named Christian, who had been the one to help Bryce earlier that day at around 9.30 when he brought him three gallons of gas. Bryce, after driving all night, had run out and made it to the Button Willow rest area. After learning that his parents could not get in contact with him, Christian offered to drive over to the rest area to see if Bryce was still there, but the likelihood seemed low since it was about three hours later. Mm -hmm. However, when he got to the rest area, he was shocked because Bryce was still sitting there in his car. Bryce was also surprised to see him too when he came up and told him that he had his parents on the phone and that they wanted to speak to him. <laughs> on that phone call, Bryce didn't really have much to say when his mom began asking him what was going on and if anything was wrong. Bryce did sound normal and there was no suspicion that he may have been under the influence of anything during this time. According to medium.com, Karen ultimately decided that she could ask him questions later since he was only about three hours from home at this point. She told Bryce that they would talk later and that he needed to get gas and get on Interstate 5 and head home and that they would see him by around 3 in the afternoon. As the hours went by, it got to 3.30 and Bryce still wasn't home, so once again his parents tried to call him multiple times and there was no answer. They tried to stay calm, thinking maybe it was just some traffic that was making him run late, but as more hours went by, they knew something was wrong again, so this time they called the police and reported him as missing. Police were aware that he had his phone with him after receiving all of the information about what had been going on from his parents, so they pinged it off of the nearest cell phone tower to see if they could find his location. It worked, and they were able to see that Bryce was still in Button Willow. 10 hours later after he had first called roadside assistance. What the heck? Bryce was found parked near Interstate 5, so the police went up to him and began questioning him. They learned that he had gone to get gas after talking to his mom, but he said he needed to blow off some steam before driving home. 
His behavior seemed completely normal, but to be safe, police had Bryce perform field sobriety tests. He passed all of them with no problem, and after a thorough search of his car, police found no evidence of any alcohol, drugs, or weapons. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. The police had no reason to detain him, so they advised that he call his mother and let her know he was going to get on the road since she was worried about him. This is when Bryce became hesitant, but an officer just used his phone to call Karen and let her know he had passed the field sobriety test and that he would be on his way shortly. She then talked to Bryce a little, telling him to get a snack and get on the road. The police left and that was it. Karen and Michael were now waiting for their son to arrive home again. A few more hours went by and another unsettling discovery was made. Christian, the auto shop worker, actually drove by Bryce and was shocked to realize he was still just parked and hadn't began making his way home. He immediately called Karen and told her what was going on and he offered to follow Bryce onto Interstate 5 to make sure he actually started the drive home. What is happening? Nobody knows. That's so confusing. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point, Bryce knew he wasn't going to be able to just sit there anymore, so he bought a soda and drove onto the interstate with Christian following behind 13 hours later. Gosh. Christian followed Bryce for about 10 miles and noted his driving seemed normal, so he called Karen back and let her know her son was finally heading home and that all seemed okay. By the time it was 1.50 in the morning, Bryce let his mom know that he had gone off the interstate, but that he was using his GPS and his ETA was 325 a.m. However, about 20 minutes later, he reached out again saying he was too tired to keep driving and needed to take a nap in order to keep driving home. Karen and Michael knew it was going to be a long night just waiting for their son to get home safely, so they barely got any sleep. The next morning at 8 a.m., their doorbell finally rang. Feeling relief, they went to answer it, only for their hope to drop. It was a California Highway Patrol officer. The officer informed them that their son's car had been found wrecked after falling 25 feet at the bottom of an access road that led to the Castaic Lakes main boat ramp. What the heck? All of Bryce's belongings were still in the car, but the problem was Bryce was nowhere to be found. So, Castaic Lake is right off of Interstate 5, and it is only about 90 miles away from Laguna Niguel, where Bryce's parents lived. Upon exiting the interstate, there is a road that goes up a hill, and it has a camera which takes a picture of the car's license plate. So, the police were able to see that right after Bryce told his parents he was pulling over to get some sleep at around 2.15, he drove up that hill, but then he drove up a second time at around 4.30 in the morning the heck so there were no cameras to document when a car comes down the hill so police were not able to figure out how long he stayed at the top of the hill before coming down to drive back up it again the car was found an hour later wrecked and abandoned with no sign of bryce and no other witnesses to the accident so the police had to investigate the scene and try to figure out what had happened it sounds like he just jumped out of the car and let let, like fly down a hill and then ran off So the back windshield of the car had been shattered open, but things like his laptop, phone, and wallet were all still there. Hmm. The police were able to see that this was not an accident, though. They found that Bryce had held the accelerator down the whole way. Okay. 
It was an extremely bad crash. The car was found on its side, but all of the evidence showed Bryce was not really hurt. They were able to find a few drops of blood in the driver's seat, but no blood near the broken window they assumed he crawled out of and none on the ground. That's so weird. There were also no signs of dragging in the dirt that would have indicated he was injured seriously. Mm -hmm. The police came to the conclusion he just walked away from the crash. Fine. What is happening? The area of Castaic Lake is pretty large with just the recreation area taking up about seven square miles, surrounded by rough terrain, so trying to find Bryce was not going to be easy. A huge search began with officers and a search and rescue team searching the land and the shore of Castaic Lake. Helicopters assisted with aerial searches as well. The search lasted hours, but no sign of Bryce was found. Karen and Michael had tons of missing person posters put up and used social media in an attempt to spread the information and get as much help as possible. According to Medium.com, a search dog team was brought in from another state and Kim brought down a pair of his tennis shoes for them to smell to try and track him. The dogs followed the scent to an area called Government Cove and a team of cadaver divers were called to search the water. Still, Nothing was discovered to lead them towards Bryce. That's crazy that they still can't find him. Mm-hmm. More dogs were brought in to see if they could trace Bryce's scent again from the crash site, and they led police for a while until they got to a truck stop, which would confirm the theory that Bryce just ran away to start a new life after a possible failed suicide attempt. Gosh. Or investigators theorized that maybe he suffered a bad head injury from the crash and couldn't even remember who he was, so by the time he got to the truck stop, something else could have happened to him. After extensively searching the Castaic Lake area, police called off the search and claimed he was not in the lake and most likely not anywhere in that area at all anymore. Mm -hmm. The police were concerned that since he had purposely accelerated down the hill, he may have been suicidal. After talking with Bryce's friends from school and learning about his recent increase in drinking and taking drugs, they believed it could have been a possibility. Especially when they learned that Bryce had broken up with his girlfriend and gave away his valuables to his best friend. Mm -hmm. Which, as we mentioned, those are all signs that someone wants to end their life or cut ties and run away to start over. Bryce had bright red hair and blue eyes. So for a long time, the police have received many tips from people who think they have seen him, but they all lead to dead ends. With him now missing for almost nine years, police still have not been able to conclude if he is dead or alive. They still haven't found him? No. What? Yeah. How? There's no sign of him. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Despite that, Bryce's parents still continue to search for him and truly can't believe he would just run away. He needs to get in, like, the blacklist business. Like the show. <laughs> oh, no. What's his name? Uh, the main guy? Reddington. Reddington. Yeah. How he makes people, like, that's his job is helping people disappear. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. How is he? They've never found a body or him alive. I mean, I hope he's not dead. Like, yeah. and that's why they haven't found him. But, like, if he is alive and, like, mm-hmm. actually just disappeared, that's insane. Yeah. How? Mm-hmm. Oddly, 
like a few days after he first went missing, they did find burnt remains, but they tested them and they weren't his. Hmm. So it just was like a weird coincidence, but not him. Was it an animal or was it? It was a person. A person. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whole nother case. Gosh. But he was entered into the National Missing Person Data Bank. And his mother has said, quote, I'll never give up hope, but it's really difficult. It's gut-wrenching, every day not knowing. It's a living nightmare, end quote, according to allthatsinteresting.com. Yeah, I feel really bad for his parents. It's, how does this just happen? Yeah. Like, it's not like this was 80, 90 years ago. This was in 2013. Yeah. Technology is there, data is there, surveillance exists. So it's insane to yeah, me. Yeah, I really don't know. Someone just ups and vanishes. No remains. No evidence of him being alive. Yeah. It is heartbreaking. I couldn't imagine losing a family member that way and just never having that closure. Yeah, seriously. You don't know. You literally don't know it. Yeah. What's going on. Because you can't give up. You never want to give up if you still have that hope that they are out there somewhere. But Mm -hmm. especially since they were a happy family, like they were a good family. Yeah. So it definitely makes me really sad. But I just still can't believe the strange events and then how he just vanishes. It just something seems really off. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely trying to think up something because he was sitting in one place Mm -hmm. for like 13 hours. Yeah. And then he, I mean, probably while driving, found that opportunity. I'm I'm just surprised he didn't say more to his parents. Like, I don't know. Yeah. All he said was like, I'll be there two hours after I take a nap or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Very. Are you all done? Yeah, that's everything I have. Okay. Well, I guess we'll transition into our question of the week. Sounds good. You have the question this week. I do have the question this week. Bring it on. So, Dylan, what is one thing that you will never do again? Hmm. Which is tough because I feel like people try things they don't think they're going to like. And then they're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. But what is something you would never try again? Going off a jump on a dirt bike. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Broken bones runs in our family. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. that You have to elaborate why you (laughs) wouldn't do that again, Dylan. (laughs) Uh... That is because I got a boo-boo. <laughs> Big boo-boo. No, so, yeah, I did jump a dirt bike off of a jump. You know, like, you know, it was just a race, a uh, dirt bike track. Not even like anything crazy, but went off of it and then landed on the front tire, which like twisted the handlebars. And so it like flung me off and then the bike started flipping. And I think when it, when it twisted the bike, it like twisted my ankle. But then when the bike started flipping, like the engine pretty much oddly landed and straight onto my ankle when it was flipping. And then uh, I was scared because, you know, on a track, so like I ran off the track and 
I just had like adrenaline and my ankles started hurting. So like we got me to the truck and like pulled off the boot, you know, and those things are long because <laughs> they're supposed to protect you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And, you know, my dad had me go to like these little, uh, was it like, it's like a grocery store yeah, in, clinic inside H-E-B clinic? Yeah. And they're like, uh, we can't really help you with that. Like we give shots and like, <laughs> tell you if you have the flu. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. And then we went to like another doctor's office and they're like, yeah, man, like you're going to have to go to a specialist. And they just gave me like a temporary sort of casting kind of thing. And then come to find out I tore like all the tendons mm. like going from my ankle to my foot, broke all the bones, like pretty much everywhere. <laughs> like So now Dylan's got a bionic ankle. Yeah. <laughs> so I got messed up. And a Frankenstein scar to match. Yeah. Yeah, so I have wires holding my tendons together now, so they'll never come out. They always hold my tendons. <laughs> always keeping me together. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's one thing you would never do again? So... Mine would be playing paintball. <laughs> I don't think I could ever be convinced to do that again. I call it paying for bruises. Yeah. And I just but it's don't. Fun. No, it's not. It hurts. And you are literally purple for the next 10 weeks after. I didn't get any bruises. Well, where I went, those paintballs hurt <laughs> a lot. I had welts and they hurt. I had like perfectly circular bruises. I had one on the side of my arm. It was raised like a mountain and it <laughs> it was like black for at least a couple of weeks. It took a long time to go away. Yeah. So I don't know. I had a great time. It's intense. And after getting shot in the face a few times, luckily that didn't hurt. Well, yeah, um, you have a mask. The mask on. helps, I will say. Don't ever try to play paintball without a mask with your friends or anything. I Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you had something going on, I'm just throwing that out there because I could only imagine what would happen. But so that didn't hurt, but it was scary. And then after getting shot like in the legs and then my arm, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then it's terrifying because after, after you get, hit once, you get like yeah, you realize it. how bad it hurts. And yeah. you, I just remember like gritting my teeth and like I got that bad bruise on my arm happened within the first like five minutes of the day. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh no, like what did I get myself into? And so I pretty much just hid the rest of the day. But the terrifying part is you have to like get off of the course after you get shot. Yeah. You have to like put your gun up in the air and like run off. <laughs> and I think I did that at a couple of the different obstacle courses without even being shot. I just wanted out. Oh my gosh. So a cop out. I was in pain. <laughs> I have no pain tolerance. I, Dylan calls me a baby. I don't care. I will admit I have no pain tolerance. I'm not embarrassed. If something hurts, it freaking hurts. Oh, why? That's all I have to say. So I will probably <laughs> never go paintballing again. Hmm. And that is that. Dang. <laughs> I feel bad because when I went paintballing, uh, towards the end, it started getting like sort of uh, muggy. And so our goggles were like, watering up sort of so i couldn't see very well and like one of our last matches it was just like we had two people left on our team and one person on the other which was my friend from work because we had like a work get together for it and uh i couldn't see very well 
but I heard him. And so I just started <laughs> shooting like crazy. And I just hear him screaming. And I hit him like 12 times. See, that's awful. I couldn't see. So I just started shooting like insane and just messed him up pretty bad. So mean. See, it's not even like I that is why. Purpose. Because if you did that to me, I would have bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And it would not have been okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Let us know what your guys' uh, stories yeah. are. I feel like that's an interesting question because. As I mentioned, I feel like people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. And then they try it. But like, what is something you tried? And you're like, absolutely Screw not. That. There yeah. was a reason I didn't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Like I expected. Yeah. Terrible results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Because it's kind of a funky question. It is. Well, alrighty then. So that is everything this week from us. Yeah. So we hope you have a very happy and safe week. Hey guys, if you want to follow our True Time social media pages, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And that is at True Time Podcast. And then if you want to follow our personal lives, that's at Avery E. Hamill on Instagram and TikTok. And thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you check our link down below in the description box so you can get 10% off. All right, everyone, make sure you do go follow those True Time pages because you'll see all of our cruise pictures. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.